I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gambles, bottom of the magical, stands in support, back to Tessie Gill. That's a beautiful drive for the Breakers. Strong catch from Farnworth. Oh, he's kept it alive and then socket ahead by Gamble. And Gamble gets over. This might be something extraordinary. Before the break for Brisbane, he's got it all paid off. Wow. Well, they're two origin players combined. One for New One. Hello, Broncos fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch, and I'm joined on the line for the first time in maybe five years uh, by your good friend, Simo. How you doing, Simo? Um, vastly underprepared for this, but... <laughs> 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 yeah, so hello everyone listening on the Boom Rookies feed as well. We're doing uh I'm not doing the Broncos preview twice. So it's it's Broncos Weekly with Simo on the Broncos feed. Chris Gary is dead to us now. He's uh he's got a normal job, so he's not back this year. Simo's back doing the preview though, and Broncos Weekly's back in the same old format that everyone's got used to, the tried aggressive format of whenever the fuck we feel like it. So and we'll we've be got here no this preparation. Year. We'll be here this year. Simo's got two children. Kids don't care for our t- content of time. <laughs> when, our free, when our free time lines up. So we'll do it when we can. And we're here before the season starts. Vast and prepared, Simo, but I'm somewhat repair- prepared. <laughs> so well, we'll be all right. We're going to be leaning on you heavily because I've been very much in NFL season until not long ago. And then not really wanting to think about sport at all for a little bit after that. So, <laughs> Well, the Broncos, sorry, the Bengals, mate, you, you got a good season finally. I think the last time we recorded a podcast that involved NFL, they were one of the worst franchises in the league and Super Bowl, mate, not bad. Yeah, I had the part, it's just the part that annoys me most is like, obviously, like I've talked to you and you know how I've always felt about Bengals is basically I never had any belief that they'd ever do anything. And so they won the first playoff game and I was like, yeah, cool. I'm just super happy with that. It's house money from here on out. I wouldn't care if the Titans had to put 50 on us the next week. Like, won a playoff game, that's it. And then we won yeah. that. I was like, yeah, cool. Like, don't care, house money. We'll go play the Chiefs. They'll put 50 on us, whatever. We beat them. And then all, like, for two weeks, I was like, did not believe for a second we'd win the Super Bowl. Just no hopes, nothing. And then in the fourth quarter, I was like, our defense is playing really good here. We're actually going to do this. We're going to pull this off. And then... Cooper Cup has like 83 catches in one drive and scores a touchdown and ended it all. And I was just like, the second I started to believe is as soon as the game ended. Yeah, and that's that's, that's pretty much, mate, it reminds me of the other big game we had in the, earlier in the podcast, 2015, mate. Didn't believe until it was like no time left and then it got taken away. I know, that's basically, it was exactly like that. And 
yeah, Bengals probably never make Super Bowl again in my lifetime because that's how the NFL works. Yeah, I mean, as you like, there was obviously a bit of luck involved in them making it. We shouldn't make this an NFL podcast. People will have the shits already, probably. <laughs> but like, there was some luck in them making it. That's always happens when you make it in the Super Bowl. But it's going to be really hard to get back through that that AFC for them to get back there again. So, who yeah, knows? There's, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in that conference. So you know, um, yeah, exactly right. Good teams, good quarterbacks, and uh, yeah. Who knows? Anyway, we'll get back onto the Broncos because you haven't, you've got a baby having a nap. We have limited time. <laughs> baby 58 nap. minutes to go. <laughs> and, we've got, and we've got takes to get out. So uh, the, we'll start with the trials so far and how the off-season's gone. So we'll go uh, trials and pre-season thoughts. Have you got any takeaways so far from the pre-season simo that you want to get off your chest? Uh, not really, no. Um, yeah. I literally, I did not even realize preseason was starting up again. And then it was like, everyone started talking about footy again. So I, and then Elden Ring came out. So I didn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Well, mate, it, the worst thing about the trolls being broadcast, mate, people think they mean something now. And that's killing me. That's like, I've watched my fair share of preseason games before and other seasons and stuff. And it's always like, I just I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like, why am I watching this? So. Because yeah, it's on it. TV, exactly. Yeah, you know, you know. Yeah. so I gave it a miss this year, but I it's the same as preseason in any sport. None of it ever means anything. So, yeah, but I'll still I remind people all the time that like this, the Owen sixteen Detroit Lions, the worst team of all time in the NFL, went four and zero in preseason. Like yeah. they won all their preseason games, and what good luck that did them. You know, they don't mean anything, and it just it's. There's a few things to take away from them every year. You know, you, you know what guy looks like he's in better shape or he's had a good off-season or, you know, they're giving time to young fellas or seeing, you know, when they put their best team on the field, you see where they're lining things up and you go, oh, that looks like probably what they'll play in round one. You can take that stuff away. But people taking things away from, like, the result are idiots. And we saw some idiots yesterday. I tell you what, like, you know, Brent Reid will start there. What an idiot. He tweeted last night, like, mate, I don't know why journos do this to themselves, but he said, gee whiz. Adam Reynolds better be the second, better be the second coming with Alfie, or this could be a long season for the Broncos. They have been smashed tonight by a side many were tipping to win the spoon. Oh, gee, that's a that's a great great take, Brent. Oh man, like yeah, it's preseason, like whatever. Just calm we, down, you know. <laughs> like we've got you've got seasons of Broncos form, but like. If you put Adam Reynolds in those sides, you're going to be pretty happy with like the platform he's got and the space he has to work in. Like, just because of one preseason game, it's going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, I do think I do agree with the start of the sentiment that if like we are nothing without Reynolds this year. If Reynolds is out for the season, we probably get the spoon again. But the other take of like, oh gee, they've been smashed by a side. Many were tipping to win the spoon. It's like, mate, it's fucking preseason. Like, Reynolds wasn't playing in that second half of that game last night. Like. Again, Brisbane weren't good in that game. But the second half of that game, they didn't play Cass uh, Carrigan, and I know we don't love Carrigan, but they didn't. You know, he's one. He's in the starting rotation, but he didn't play second half. Uh, Ricky went on and off the field, but they also took off Stags, as we already know. Reynolds wasn't playing. Corey Pakes did start. He came off, but that's it. Like they had David Mead in the centers. If we have David Mead in the centers in the NRL game, we are going to lose. So. <laughs> Yes, we lost the second half of that game. That didn't matter. What a Who shock. gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. But uh, yeah, the main things for me from the preseason, mate, like 
I still like. I think this squad over the off season has got better, like additions by subtraction almost. Like we got rid of more. We had so many idiots in the squad the last few years. Like so many guys who make bad mistakes on either side of the ball, and so much of the same type of play. And we spoke about this stuff last year, but it's it's got better just through removing a lot of those types of players. I feel like, like even though like I like Pangai for example, I love Pangai, but that's another guy who's got a lot of errors and penalties in him. You know, we got rid of Joe in the past. We got rid of Matt Lodge last year as well. Like a lot of those guys are gone, you know, and then guys like Asako probably won't play much footy. Who's another guy with mistakes in him. Like I like that a lot of the off season, obviously. And then the at signing of Reynolds, it's like, I don't expect this team to do anything without Adam Reynolds on the field, like anything, like, because, you know, we saw, and I know it's only a trial, but we saw it last year. We saw a bit of it last night. Like they still have an issue with execution and I don't know how well their coach outside of being yelled at for like try harder and like have pride in the jersey <laughs> and like train harder. I mean, that's, so, that's what you get when you hire Kevy, though. Like, that's his movie. He's going to use it. Like, that's it. One hundred percent. That's it, mate. But you know, if they're on the, you know, if they're on the field, like if Stags is on the field, Haas on the field, Reynolds on the field, and then you throw in like Herbie, Tessie, and similar, you just hope like that's enough to win football games, and, and it probably is. Like we all know that like, Tony Stag gets the ball one on one, ten meters out from the try line, he probably scores. Yeah, you know that. That's pretty much how this is how this has worked you know, <laughs> for his whole career. And we just hope that the, the Broncos last couple of years, like last year, we sucked with Seabold, but last year we didn't have a problem scoring tries when we got into the other team's 20. We actually, you know, scored a decentish clip and we weren't as bad defensively in our own 20 as D went on. The problem is we never fucking got to the other 20 and we're in our own 20 a lot. And a lot of that's just like dumb mistakes, penalties and sh- kicking game. And you just really hope that Reynolds fixes quite a bit of that. And I don't want to think he's going to be some miracle worker, but steer the team a bit better, you know, be the coach on the field and kick kick to the corners, play smarter league. He said it after the game himself last night, mate, that he sprayed the guys at halftime for not doing that stuff. But yeah, play smarter footy and then we'll, we'll see from there. You know, see how they go from there. Play some smarter footy and see if they win games. So I'm not tearing the house down over the preseason. I'm also not expecting there to be some amazing side either. I don't know about you. No, I probably got us. Like, we should make finals. I, I don't think... We really don't. I don't see how we don't, but I don't probably see us in the top four either. Yeah, I had this chat with some guys last night, and like, oh, gee, Brisbane are worse than I, you know, than you guys talked them up to be. And it's like, no, no, I don't think the Broncos are going to be good this year. What I do think is there's only like six good teams, you know, and I think the Broncos are probably good enough to compete for those other seven to, you know, seven, eight, nine spot this season, I will think. Because, you know, not that long to think back to last year, and we had. In the finals, two teams with losing records. Sorry, one team with losing record. The Titans were 10 and 14, and the Knights were 12 and 12 with a negative 143 for and against. See, that, that's, we, we might have said this like 100 times on this podcast. It's like, you don't yeah. have to be a good team to make the finals in the NRL. No, you don't. Think, you have to uh, be mediocre. Yeah, you look through pretty much every season. I, I haven't done it for like two seasons, but I went back like 10 seasons, and basically the eighth place was always like, 12 and 12 or like 11 and 13. I think there was a 13 and 11, like a couple of them. Like basically the definition of average is like the sides that are making playoffs. Yeah, 100%. And it's just got worse with the disparity of the last couple of years. Like, do I think the Broncos can win 10 games? Yes. <laughs> like they've got a better draw too, mate. We finally sucked long enough that our draw... We still play good teams, but it's not. We haven't got that stupid start of the season. We play like the top four from last year in the first four rounds. Yeah, it always seemed like you'd take the top. 
like the top eight, you play yeah. them in the first like nine or ten rounds, and then you play them again in like the last nine or ten rounds, and then a couple of you know tomato cans in the middle. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah, so this year we do start at South. Sorry, hosting South at home. Then we play the Dogs in Sydney. We host the Cowboys in round three. Then we play the Warriors. And that first three rounds, we couldn't really ask for a much better start, those couple of rounds. And I know it gets a little tougher again. Round five is the the Roosters, Six Panthers, and then Dog Sharks. But it's like that's the best draw the Broncos have got at the start of the season in I don't know how long. Yeah. Like I can't remember it being like, like that kind of friendly to us in the past. Like, you know, 2021 last year, we had Eels and we lost, obviously. The Titans, they beat us, fair enough. Bulldogs, we beat. But then we had Storm, Rabbitohs, Panthers, Eels again, you know, last year. And the year prior, the Broncos had the Cowboys and won, beat South somehow, but it was South, Eels, Roosters, Manly. So it's a pretty good start to the year this season. Yeah, well, yeah. Hopefully you can get a couple of wins, but I bet you it's like two and two or whatever at the start. Yeah, that's it. And I may as well talk about some of the positions people are expecting. A lot of people are asking me personally, and probably seen heaps of it around. People want to know for super coach well. I don't care for that reason, but a lot of people are wondering who's going to start where for round one. And obviously I'll be happy if we see the round one team list with Carrigan eight, uh, Haas 10, Kobe 13. Corey Pakes nine. I will be happy. But the one thing I want to say is like, I honestly, I don't give a shit because I have no faith in this team naming the same team ever. So like, like, does, yeah. like <laughs> even if you name the ideal 17 and won by 30 points, it probably changes up a week too. Well, last year, you know, Kevy did not keep, and I know there was lots of suspensions injuries, did not keep the same team after a loss once. So it's pretty much we lose and it's, it's going to change. That's what happened last year. And we, and we did keep the same team after two wins and we only won a couple of games. So, you know, do the math. <laughs> uh, so We're I don't think lose a lot. So the team will get shaken up. Yeah, exactly, mate. So I expect that, you know, if, if we lose in round one to South, I would not be shocked that, you know, in round two, the lineup's different. And that's the same thing with the six jersey. Like we have three bad options. I honestly don't care who the six is. Like Billy Walters, Tyson Gamble, Albert Kelly. I just don't care. Like, and obviously I care about the team and winning, but I don't think either of those guys is a standout. And I don't think either of those guys are going to have a big impact on whether we win or lose. So it's, it's hard to give a shit who gets named there round one. Yeah, I, I don't really care much about the six. I'd just really, I'd be like Adam Reynolds, who do you want to play with? <laughs> like whoever exactly. he wants can play beside him. Like I, none of those guys are outstanding. Like, Tyson Gamble because he can just hit some people maybe like yeah I mean if I I don't know that's the thing man like they all have both good and bad things but you know and um I, I after the game last night Adam Reynolds got asked by Corey Parker about what he thought and he first said he wasn't going to say anything but then he went, went on to talk about Albert Kelly for like three minutes so I'm guessing he wants to play with Albert Kelly but we saw last year like Kelly's brain does the right things but his body doesn't follow him and, you know, and I think like Tyson Gamble's aggression and did his job last year, but I don't know if he's got much of a long future in the NRL. And then Billy Walters is Billy Walters. Like, they're not great. Like, for me, it's whoever can feel the job for like 10 rounds and then let's see what Ezra Mam or Tamari Martin have. Because I don't really want to just throw uh, Mam or, t- or t- well, Tamari can't be thrown in his development contract. 
so he'll have to prove his way through Cup. But I don't really want to throw Ezra Mam in again because, like, we've been doing this for years now, mate. Just because we our, our, our first graders suck doesn't mean we have to throw another child in. You know, I just want to see Ezra have a couple of, you know, 10 weeks in Cup. Maybe he comes up. Maybe he comes up a little earlier. But I want to see him, like, force his way in rather than us go, geez, all these guys suck. Let's just try someone else again. So I'll start caring when we get to the Ezra Mam and the Tamari Martin part of the season, if Tamari Martin is even a possibility. But I honestly, like, I can't raise my care factor for Gamble, Kelly, or Walters because they're all going to frustrate me. Yeah, I mean, like, we've seen it heaps too. Just because someone they think might be the next big thing doesn't mean they're the next big thing right now. You know, yeah. like, you see all the time where people come up and they just end up like Tom did and, Oh, we've done it so much to players, mate. We've done it so much to players. I'm sick of doing it. Like, Deedon looked okay last night. And I don't, like, he was garbage for us. You know, it was, you know, I get why they they had a divorce. And he looked okay last night. But, like, Deedon is still only 20. And maybe he figures out the Cowboys. I don't care. But, like, we were already done with him at, like, 19. Yeah. That's ridiculous. (laughs) That's so stupid. In, like, say he was a storm player. He'd probably still be playing cup until he was twenty-two or twenty-three, like yeah. another three years, and then like then he'd make his debut and like start playing for them and probably look like God gift the halfbacks. Yeah, and I'm a real believer in Ezra Mam, and I hate saying like it's the one comparison of he looks like that type of player. He looks like Milford, plays like Milford. I hate those comparisons usually, but it's quite funny that Milford's brand is so tainted that Peter Bedell hasn't run with that. <laughs> he hasn't even said, "Look at the next Milford." <laughs> He just said nothing because uh, that that brand is so tainted. But he runs a lot like him, defends like him too, which is an issue. And I, I like his potential. But yeah, he's you know he played against men to the back half of last year, won the Q Cup Rookie of the Year. Let's just not for like with how this team is as well. Let's not hope him to come in around to and be the savior. If they were a much better side, I'd be okay with that kind of thing early, but then just not. And there's already enough young guys in that team still who are still finding their way in first grade. Like Cobo's one of them. Like Tessie is an experienced fullback and he's not even going to be there for round one, most likely. You know, there's still guys like Herbie's been around a couple of years now, but he's still, you know, not found his feet. Ricky makes it is still young, makes mistakes. The whole forward pack's still kind of young. Like we don't need to throw Ezra in there yet, to, in my opinion. Yeah, like not to just, I guess, always compare to the storm, but you'd see like when they like have a new player debut in the halves or something, like you've got great players everywhere that like that person doesn't have to actually, they're not forced to contribute much, you know, like if they do, that's great. But like, they're probably going to win without that person there too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, mate. That, that, that's it. That's easy for them. Whereas if you put him in at prison, expectations be high because let's be honest, the rest of our spine outside of Reynolds, the rest of our spine is still close to one of the worst in the league, if not the worst, and you know I can I can deal with that, <laughs> you know, because uh, we, there's yeah. hopefully some future there. But that I just do means Corey... if you put Sorry. somebody in, you need them to do something. <laughs> like yeah, that's it, mate. And I do hope um Corey Pakes takes the nine jersey, but again, I haven't got faith in that until it actually happens, and then he plays really well and he keeps the jersey. I just haven't got faith in this team keeping the same things the same, and it goes with the thirteen jersey as well. I think Kobe is one hundred percent our best option at thirteen. Doesn't mean it'll happen round one. And it also doesn't mean if it does happen round one, that it's going to stay that way. So I need like to see half a season of it locked in before I start believing that's what the Brisbane are doing, you know? Yeah, I don't, like, who knows with Kevin? 
Yeah. I don't know if you've got any takes on the fullback situation with Tessie out, but they tried Cobbo, they tried Mead there, and Asako played a little bit in preseason. And as much as I was pretty happy to never see Asako play for Brisbane again, I kind of want him to be the round one fullback because uh, that's not let's not see David Mead again either, you know? <laughs> and then Cobbo should be on the wing, but he's just... And I know I said it was just a trial, but what he shows in the trial, really raw still at fullback and like had a great tip on for the try Pereira scored, but also made a lot of positioning mistakes. And even later in the game at one point, like second tackle coming out of our end, like just try to tip on, you know, through it forward for some reason. It's like, yeah, dude, you probably, you probably shouldn't do that. Like, <laughs> you know, it's second tackle in our end. We don't need to tip it on. Nothing's going to happen if they catch a tip on either, bro. You're not on the goal line. But uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like if Tessie can't go around, I probably would want to see a Sarko, as dirty as that sounds. And then after, we can send a Sarko to the Eels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think the take of like, let's not play David Mead is especially hot. But, you know, um, if, if you can't play, like, Sarko's done it for a bit. I, I've never seemed to mind him as much as a lot of other people dislike him. I'd rather him there than if you've got to pick someone different, like, he's done it for a bit. Yeah, I'm just ready for mine and Jermaine's relationship to go to that next level simo, which is go somewhere else. When you have a shit game, I ignore it. And when you have a good game, I enjoy it. Yeah. That's that's all I'm ready for. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that with my boy Pangai too, the Bulldogs now. I'll ignore all the dumb shit. Doesn't affect my team. When he goes to the Eels, if he, if he goes there, I can ignore when he kicks the ball dead. You know, after we score. For some reason, he just kicks it dead again. Oh, so this was could, supposed to be me and Melford this season, but that's yeah. gone sideways. The, the, mate, the bloody courts, mate. They won't let us have anything, will they? The bloody legal system. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who knows? Oh, I mean, you know, pending him being found innocent, is him going to the Knights your wet dream? I mean, I still like him, so I still want him yeah. to do really well and, like, would rather him join a good team. But I would have to make another alt account so I could find LV on Twitter and see the things he says and all the old tweets he deletes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I would it. enjoy it. I'd prefer enjoying the storm and like play really well, but nights I'd enjoy that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the same opinion as like if he plays well or plays bad at the nights, I feel like I can enjoy either outcome. <laughs> yeah, if he plays if he, well, like, hey, told you so. And if he plays bad, it's like sucked in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like. If, if he plays really well in round one or what, sorry, when he gets there, it's like they have to like, like Milford. And then if he sucks, it's like, yeah, you guys were right, but yeah, your team's fucked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could take either outcome. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Is there any, um, I don't really, uh, maybe I'll ask you this. Any veteran dude you think's going to have a big year? Like, I feel like it's a dumb question with the Broncos because like, there's only like five good players. But we're going to ask it in the Boom Rookie previews. I may as well ask you, do you think anyone is in for a biggie that, you know, out of nowhere? Um, I don't really know if this is exactly answering the question. Well, a yeah. lot of the Broncos, like, veterans. There's not a whole heap of veterans. Like, people there's are not, veterans. There's like five good players and they were yeah. already good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so someone, I guess, that... I'm excited a bit for I like I've always liked Ryan James and so I want to I don't know something happened and him have a good year. Yeah. I mean 
That's, that's, that's actually a better one at least because he kind of went off the map last year. So maybe Ryan James have a good year. And I do, I do like that signing and maybe he has a good year for us anyway. And he can impact the team only playing small minutes, I believe anyway. So hopefully he has the right year. For me, the guys that I think, the guy I think is going to have a big year. We've already seen it, but I think Herbie's just going to put some more numbers on paper. I don't care so much about them. A lot of other people do. You know, they, you know, they put some more tries, line breaks, tries this on paper this year. I don't know if he'll be around next season or not. I'm not going to sit here worrying about it. I'm done worrying about that stuff. We lost so many players. What's another one? Especially when I like, yeah. I think I'm, I'm in love with Dean Mara. There's, there's the young, young child I love. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Herbie have a, a big season, especially just working with, uh, with Adam Reynolds there. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that for him. Herbie is probably a bit too wide for me to worry about losing him. Like he just seems replaceable because he's a generic <laughs> white center. <laughs> That's it, mate. There's British backs anywhere. They all suck. Yeah. Whereas like you're like a tiny stag. Like there's a football player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we've been through this with this team anyway. Like we lost so many talented players at the last cup, like last year, there was like four guys I cared about losing. Yeah. You know? And one of them hadn't played first grade yet. It was like Brendan Piakura at that point, who I still am excited for. But yeah, it was. He hadn't cared about them losing that whole time. Those guys. And if Herbie goes, I won't die or cry. But I think he's in for a good season, just having better halves on, on the inside. And hopefully someone will get an early ball. I obviously think Haas and Stags and Reynolds are going to have really good years, but so does everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, young players. Now, here we go. Um, <laughs> Who's going to have a good year out of the young fellas? The funny part about there not being many veterans or like the old guys here is there also doesn't seem many people that I think would fit into the young players because they've all played for about six seasons already. Yeah, um, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because we, we've played all the young players. Like we've got a lot of people that are of a young age, but they've been playing so long already. But um, this one will be mine. I, Selwyn Cobo. I mean, yeah. He, he's, that's the answer. Yeah, as you said, we've got a lot like young guys have been around for a while now, have played a bit of footy, like most of them have. Uh, but I'm not exactly like excited by, you know, Jordan Ricky or expecting him to do much more this year, for example. You know, it's like that. I just think he is what he is. But the guys I do have hope for are like uh, Selwyn Cobbo, as you said, uh, Brendan Piakura, who I don't know if he makes it in the bench in round two. But as we know, as we said earlier, it's a matter of time till he gets his shot because we like doing that. So he'll get a shot. But, uh, big fan TC uh, Willison will be back at some point who I think could have a good year but the ones I'm really excited for is like Ezra Mam when he he'll get a shot this year at some point I, I feel I have no doubt about that and even though I said I don't put pressure on him those are the guys Brisbane have been screaming out for any half decent player in the spine since like what Ben Hunt left and uh, we don't seem to want to sign them we signed Adam Reynolds was great but outside of that we just haven't signed them for the last like five or six years so Hoping that Ezra looks good when he steps up. But yeah, I do think Dean Marin is actually the best young fella player at the club. And uh, I don't think we'll see him play this year. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I can't, I'm going to be more excited when we do previews about other teams, young players, because like we've done this too much as Brisbane fans. Hey, the last couple of years, we've done too much young fella step up. Well, we've had nothing else to talk about. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Why did I not mention? Why don't we? This is the other one. Corey Pakes doesn't really fall into either basket. Like no. he's he's been around a couple of years. He debuted a few years ago because everyone, if you've been, if you were eighteen at Brisbane two you years ago, you've played. You're in your like fourth season. 
Like Corey Pakes is he's 22 now, but he's going into his third NRL season. It's like, how the hell has he played in three seasons? But, you know, he played 13 games in 2020. Who would know that? You know, he played 13 games and he played four last year because of injuries. But he looks like someone over this preseason who could have emerged as, as a genuine option or at least challenged Jake Turpin. Turpin, you know, hasn't really taken that job and made it his, even though he's been given it the last couple of years since McCulloch left. Pakes' service is much crisper. He passes in front of the halves. You know, not nothing amazing, but also he actually looks for opportunities. Like he doesn't do that. Like we did it. Same issue we had with McCulloch and, and Turpin was similar. Like they decide before they pick the ball up if they're running or passing. Like we knew yeah. we could, me and you at home on the couch, we used to joke about with McCulloch. We could call when he was going to go from dummy half. And if we could call it, the other team knows it's happening. You know? Oh, but like, you, yeah. It's, they're all very telegraphed. They were. Whereas like Pakes, in last week's trial, and again, I know I said just a trial, but there's still some signs you can take. In last week's trial, there's a couple of sets there where, like, Pakes did that. Like, what you want to see from a, a good hooker, like, picks the ball up in two hands, starts a little, and then makes a decision. Like, you know, the defensive line, you know, jams up on the on on these on the guy on his shoulder, he'll dummy and go. If they if they jam on him, he'll offload or maybe go at the back. And we had some sets last week. We just rolled down the field really easily because he kept picking the ball up and on the back of some good runs from our big forwards. He kept looking to, to probe, and that was like Brisbane hadn't had a hooker like since Nick Arima off the bench. And we know Nick Arima wasn't perfect, but Nick Arima off the bench hook, bench hook, and Nick Arima was like our dude. We liked bench hook and Nick Arima. Every other Nick Arima can get fucked. Yeah, <laughs> bench hook Cody was awesome. When and that's what reminded me of twenty-five minutes a game. That's yeah, the he was really he was great. But he also he, he transferred from being a half at a young enough age, like. Everyone wants it. Everyone on every internet forum ever wants to turn their team's average halfback into a hooker. That's a fact. <laughs> but it rarely actually works when they're like 25 plus. But Corey transferred at an age where a lot of like good hookers have done it when they're like eight, 17, 18, 19. So he's moved to hooker with the ability to pass. And I know it sounds dumb to say that, but a lot of junior hookers can't really actually fucking pass because they only have to pass short or they're all really good ball runners, whereas halfbacks have to pass. Most of those so he, average halfbacks also aren't as fast as Nick Karima was. Like, yeah, he was hundred percent. But yeah, so maybe that works for, for Pakes. Anyway, we should probably keep moving on because well, I know we have about four hundred questions as well, and we have a limited time. Got thirty-two minutes. Thirty-two minutes. <laughs> uh, this one's easy, but what games have you got circled in the calendar outside of Magic Round? Because that's really the, that's really the showpiece event of the year now, isn't it? But outside of Magic Round, what's penciled in your calendar? Um, yeah, well, I don't really look past magic round until we get to magic round like yeah you know, that's the second half of the year and we'll get there when we do so magic round for sure got tickets um uh, cowboys game in week three is always the main one to look forward to yeah um, titans game always like yeah just the queensland games are fun yeah that's every year mate same thing for me it's like now, I look, what I Lord I look for when we get the draw every year, I go through first and I find when the Cowboys games are. I already know who are playing a Magic Round. We play the the, the uh, C was every Magic Round. I look for the Cowboys games, the Titans games, and the Storm games. And the Storm games is more I want them off my calendar. You know, <laughs> like, get the one out. Yeah. But yeah, I was really prepare myself like okay, I'm going to be pretty miserable. You know, this, this year today was my birthday. I was like, you're fucking kidding me. My birthday is June eighteenth. We play on June seventeenth. Uh, and like, well, that, my birthday weekend's ruined. Thank you, you NRL. 
oh, my sister's going to book in a birthday dinner that afternoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll have to go it. to that. Yeah, oh God. And then the next one's in August, which whatever. It's like round 23. It's very, we usually get, you know, smashed by them towards the end of the season. So what's three rounds by the end of the year anyway? But yeah, I've always Cowboys and it's always in the first couple of rounds. Round three at Suncorp. You know, you know, I'm looking forward to that a lot. And then now I've started penciling in a bit more than I used to in the past. The shit teams. In the past, I used to look forward when we played good teams. <laughs> now I'm like, fuck. Oh, Bulldogs twice. Yeah. That's a win. It's like, oh, my Bulldogs twice the first seven rounds. Fuck yeah. And then we got the Tigers once, whatever. But I was happy we only got Seagulls once this year. We didn't get them twice. But I was like, yeah, that's good. We got Bulldogs twice. And I got, we got the Dragons twice. And the Dragons suck. Well, we hope they suck. Ben Hunt's still good. But yeah, that's what I penciled in. So not, not really exciting. It's not like in the previous years, I used to go through the draw and like pull out, you know, Cowboys, Roosters, uh, Souths, and then Storm. I'm still afraid. I was always afraid of the Storm, no matter how good Broncos were. Now it's like pick out the, the winnable games and work from there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you talk about that? May as well talk about one more thing with the team before we go into uh, question time or questions. Payne Arsene's contract situation. I don't know if you paid much attention to that, Simo. No. Nope. Have you? No. Nope. Yeah, anyway, I just I want sort to of touch on it because it's obviously going to drag on all season or until it gets resolved. But if people don't know, he's gone to Supreme Court to battle his current agent. Uh, one of the Orr's, I think, is he, was he Chris Orr? One of the Orr brothers. Yeah, Chris Orr. They're having a dispute over his contract. But what I found interesting is that because it's going to the Supreme Court, we actually have the, the dollars by year that Payne Haas is getting paid, which is cool. Yeah. Like, so in 2017, he only made 85K. 2018, he made 110. 2019, he made 250. 2020, 448. Last year, he still hadn't hit the big bucks yet. Kind of, 548. This year, Fine. we're paying him 748 a year. Next year, 798. Year after that, 848. So... It's interesting seeing it because obviously it was reported. We got that report to it being 500k a year, whatever it was. It's like it's heavily back ended, heavily back ended. It might help explain a little bit how, like, we keep thinking the team has cap space and then it just doesn't happen because of yeah, back ended deals like that. Yeah, it's like, well, we kept, <laughs> I kept thinking when they're talking about upgrading Payne Haas, now it makes sense to me, Simo. We're talking about upgrading him right now to like a million dollars a year. It's like, well, we're already paying him 750 a year now. Yeah, so, so fuck if, it. If it's not a, it's not a huge difference if you upgrade that and get some extra years or whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's like whatever. If we get him because he's worth a million, probably more if he goes to the market, and we're already paying. We're not paying him five hundred k a year anymore. So that actually started to make more sense. I was you know thinking, why well, would we double his salary to keep him happy? But now it's like, well, he's he's already you know next year's on eight hundred. Year after he's on eight fifty. If he goes up to a million a year, he's not really getting a massive pay raise over the the next couple of years. But anyway, that, that came out. And the other part of it he's disputing is um, essentially he got fucked by Chris Orr. Obviously, Payne, as he's got older, he's not as happy with the deal he signed. But he also signed a flat fee with the, with the agent. So he gets, I think, I can't remember the, the exact fee. But the new agreement is only 7% fees. From, from like 2016, agents get 7% fees. And whatever Chris Orr has signed currently, it's, it's on this old, the old agent agreement and it's worth more. But what Chris Orr had done wrong and why he's trying to get out of, the contra- out of this agreement with his agent, not out of his Broncos contract. So ignore every single thing you hear that they're saying, if Payne gets out of his contract, he's going to leave. Because like, he's not in Supreme Court for his Broncos contract. He's in Supreme Court for his agency. Agent yes. 
He can't just get out of his Broncos. If he if you go to court and get out of your deal, NRL players will be doing it all the fucking time. <laughs> like, you know, but why the dispute is based on when those rules change for agents, the agents were supposed to let clients know. And Chris Orr never notified Payne Haas that, hey, you know, in two days the rules are changing. He essentially signed Payne on this deal like two days before the agent rules changed. So intentionally, Chris Orr fucked Payne Haas and obviously yeah. hoped that he would never yeah. find out. That's going to come back to get you eventually. Um, yeah, he always, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, he knew Payne Haas had this talent when I got a big deal. Where it was like, well, you think your head, Chris, what, when he gets like the million dollar a year deal in five years, you want, don't you want a part of that? Um, uh, not to like, I don't know, I try not too much to say the Broncos do smart things, but it's probably is smart to, if you've got a deal like this, like to backload it a bit, because by the time the player is outstanding, like Payne Haas is, and wanting a better deal, they're like already then from then on, they're getting like good money. Like, if you had say actually 500 a year every year, you'd be paying overs and they're super happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're worth more, they like want the upgrade. And then you, you're going from 500 up to a million. Whereas at this point, you've paid him what he's worth basically every year as he's just continually gotten better. That's, that's it, mate. Like, it's the only good until we signed like Reynolds and Capo last year, it was like the only good contract we'd made in like five years. The pain yeah. last year, a great deal. And she said, backloading's worked out well considering the level of player he is. And this, the article about it, like they reckon Payne Haas's market value is 1.5 million. Sorry, he has been undervalued by 1.5 million by the time his deal expires. So I'm guessing they say he's worth another 500k a year, which I mean, fuck, I, I don't really want to be paying him 1.3 or whatever, but. I think they've, as you said, they kind of worked out okay for them. And then it really starts to explain why they were really open to just giving me a pay raise. Because, yeah, they wouldn't want to lose Payne Haas from here on over like 250 to 150 to 250 a year, really. No, especially when like he's nailed on elite first grader. You know, like there's not really a question there about him. So. Well, that's it, mate. He's the best prop in, <laughs> prop in the game. Uh, he is also still with the young. He's been the player of the year at the club for three years in a row. And has slogged his goddamn guts out when the team has sucked. Like the moment we get good, he's just going to steamroll sides. Like yeah. we've had an issue for years of not, like I said earlier, we had an issue with like holding onto the ball and having opportunity. But Paynehouse has always produced despite that. Like we actually get good around him. He will just steamroll people. So who knows? Maybe that's coming. So um, it was just good to see those numbers and a bit more clarity around it. And you start to understand a little bit more about our salary cap shape is like, I know we all do these numbers like, oh, where did, what happened? We got rid of that guy, but then there's no salary cap, cap space turned up. It's like, yeah, well, when you get rid of like half of Joe O's contract, right? But then Payne Haas' salary is doubling. Yeah. There's no difference. There was no yeah. money generated. No. But yeah, I mean, so, I'd rather have. Oh, so would I. I'd I rather mean, not I'd, have Joe O. Like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have. I'd rather have Payne Haas on $1.3 million than like any of the other forwards we could assemble for the same value. Like it's not even close. We saw back at the last year, mate, when we had like no one fit, we had just Payne Haas in the middle. We had like me, Reese Kennedy, you and Kobe Hetherington. We were still winning the middle heaps because Haas is that good. So hundred percent don't want Joe or like Matt Lodge's deal similar, but at least it's, you know, you start thinking they probably did that with some of the other guys, you know, Flegler was 600 K a year. Yeah, I don't want to know what he's on this year. No, <laughs> don't tell me. Do not fucking like if they tell me, I might lose my god. If it's anywhere near to how they scaled pains, if he's on like 800k a year this year, I might lose my goddamn fucking mind. That might be it for me, Simo. 
It's a good thing we're not supposed to find out dollar amounts. Yeah, in that instance, like if I if if, if that I found out he was back in like that, that I might you know I might go off the off the deep end, mate. I might just go full Joker. The world's not worth living in anymore. <laughs> Terrible. And we may as well do a quick update because it just they just uh, finished while we're on here. But the NRW side, mate, they got a twenty to four win. Before we started recording, watched the first half, a bit of the second half. But uh, as expected, they they steamrolled the Roosters. Millie Boyle had two hundred and two meters at this point. We'll see if it gets updated. But uh, yeah, they look like they're going to go undefeated again, which is nice. It's good to have one competent team, I support. <laughs> It is, mate. It is, and oh, what, such a shame that they just couldn't move all the players around for no reason. Poor NRL, mate. mate. <laughs> God, I hated that. Trying to make the move for the good of the game and not extra money, but uh, yeah, that, good to get the girls like that. And uh, hopefully, they'll four Pete this year. If they keep staying, like, let's get. I wanted to do one of those dumb records that you know, if the comp gets big in twenty years, its net is untouchable. Yeah, and it shouldn't count, but it does. That's how this yeah. stuff works. Like it shouldn't count. If it gets to a sixteen team comp, the four team comp shouldn't count, but it does. Just like the dumb South records now. That's what I want. I want them to just set really stupid records that no one will ever get near again. Yeah, I mean South count a premiership that literally no one showed up for, and they're like counted as part of their twenty one. So. Yeah, yeah. So this can count. I mean, six teams <laughs> already now. This one should be worth one and a half even. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, any more takes, Simo, before we uh, we hit on qu- hit questions? Um, no, not really. I mean, doing this, pretty much this first podcast we do is always like the start of footy season for me, and I'm feeling yeah. happy that footy's coming back. So, yeah, and mate, I've got I've got way less Broncos takes heading to the season than I've had for years, just because it actually feels like the most stability over an off season in like five years. Even though we've added some players, it feels like the least changes happened because they got rid of half the guys I got rid of last year, like during the season. It feels like that's the most ability of any added things to it. And I feel like we kind of know what they are. They're kind of some talented players. They're kind of poorly coached. They'll rely on individual talent again to win games. And the prob, you know, maybe they'll win 10 to 12 games. I think part of that stability comes from there's not really been much discussion about the coaching. Like, yeah, you got way back to like the end of Wayne's time and then Seabold was never like there was a change that happened and then he wasn't good. So there was always talk about when he was going to be leaving. And like, hundred percent. It was just always talk about that position for like five years in a row, it seemed. Yeah. Whereas, since like the, what, the 2017 pretty much. Yeah. Whereas now that just hasn't happened this season. So. Yeah. So my main hope is like, I get to enjoy some games again this year. So that's my main hope. Like that they're all right. That's it. Like last year they had some, okay, like the game against the Titans last year, for example, when they came back in that huge, that deficit, was like one of my favorite games of the year, but there wasn't many games I actually enjoyed last season. Still, there, there was that game uh, when we beat the Roosters at the SCG, and I think that was and oh, we beat the Cowboys towards the end. That was like a bad at the games that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I just want to enjoy them playing rugby league again. And the, oh, the other thing as well, mate, I forgot we got rid of guys like remember last year we decided at the end of the year before we decided to sign every old person ever who'd like yeah <laughs> like Tio Copley, and we still have Mead at. And, you know, even though I don't mind Asiata, we made lots of those types of signings. And last year, we played everyone under the sun. We haven't even got that option this year, which I kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's do some questions, Simo. You got the questions? Yeah. All right. Starting on Facebook uh, from Steve Carter. Will the men win more games than the ladies in 2022? <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. I mean, yes, this well, year they will. They're starting off one game behind already, so they are. Well, the women, I'm expecting them to go five and zero in the regular season, and then I don't actually know the finals format in the NRLW. There's got to be a couple of games there, so what, seven or eight wins? Yeah, there's like, yeah, it's like they're expecting them that they'll go. Like they'll play two finals, right? You'd think, like with this con, like last year they just went straight to the final. I actually don't. How do I not know that? Anyway, I don't know that. But if they just if they don't go straight to the final, it's six or seven. Six or seven wins we're looking for. Brisbane or the Ben will beat six or seven wins this year. If there's, I, I also don't know. But if there's six teams, there's got to be a top four, and then yeah. you you'd play like one versus four, or two versus three, or something. Yeah, there's I don't even be, know. Like the, two games. Yeah, that's weird. How do I not know that question? I don't. There you go. I should know this. I bloody work in the sport, but I feel like the confidence I've forgotten. I don't even know that answer. They should do a top five and just make that sixth team feel really bad about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm spending my expectation for the team is I'm I'm setting it at eleven wins. That's my for the men. That's what I'm setting because ten feels like too soft. Twelve is probably a bit high. I'm setting it at eleven. That's what I expect. Uh, Daniel Rowlings, which Broncos players impressed you the most during trials? Ken Reynolds kicks out of trouble, so we're at least competitive. If we don't make the eight, is Kevy's neck on the chopping block? Kevy's neck's on the chopping block, regardless. This year, like it's just the same thing. We said Tyson Gamble did his job last week for like six weeks. That was supposed to be Tyson Gamble's the Tyson Gamble experience. Like Kevy Walters is not supposed to be the Broncos coach for three plus years. Yeah. He was like Mr. Stability, Mr. Like Broncos Pride to come in after what Seabold had done to the joint and then fuck off into right off into the sunset end of this year. Like, I don't know. How well will we have to go for them to extend him? Like 14 wins? Yeah, like I don't know. I just I think if they're just solid, if they're over 12 wins, I think he probably gets another year. Yeah, he might. Like, but that's like if he's just beyond decent. But mate, if they win twelve games, I don't. Well, I would. I wouldn't even hate it that much. Like I know. I know he's not the world's greatest coach, but if they win twelve games and they sign him for one more year, I wouldn't be that upset. You know. Yeah, but like it's going to be the Broncos' move to win twelve games and then sign him for like a four-year deal. Yeah, it's the Broncos' move to win twelve games and then. But like you know how when we made the eight under Seabold and we really sucked, and me and you kept saying we sucked, and people were like, "Oh, but we made the finals," and then we lost by like fifty. It's like. That, that's yeah, it might what's be that happen. Yeah, they're gonna like, <laughs> they're gonna like make the eight and then re-sign him that day before then, the finals start, and then yeah, the, ne- the next week they'll lose by like sixty-five. Set a new record for finals yeah. losses. Yeah, that's but, pretty uh, much nailed um, Some people expect him to be sacked before like middle of the year. I really don't think he'll lose his job before like round twenty, unless things go really, really bad. But like, even if he, I still think he'll be here all year. Like I just don't think they want to do that again. Sack, new interim, and then head coach search. I think the head coach search is currently happening, and we're not telling on about it, which is the way it should be handled. Uh, from Scott Fellows, how long would you extend Cobo for? Oh, I. You know what? I actually like. I like someone Cobo. His agent can go and get fucked. <laughs> like he just re-signed last year, right? He just re-signed. He's barely played first grade. He's already signed to the end of next season. If he wants to talk to the Dolphins, okay, bye, fuck off. Like, Selwyn, we've got the photos, mate. We've got the photos of you at high school reading, writing on the whiteboard that I want to be a Bronco. Like, we've got it. <laughs> Age, you can talk all the shit he wants. You can, we know you want to be a Bronco. If you want to go and 
you played like five first grade games. Do you think you're good enough to get an upgrade and go play the Dolphins? See you the fuck later. We'll have someone else play on the wing. But I don't think he wants to go. I think his agent just, is just trying to squeeze every last cent and is doing that dumb thing of dangling the Dolphins in front of us. It's like, I mean, oh, if you, if you guys don't. Job. I know it's his job, but it's like, you just re-signed. Yeah. It kills me. So I... um. Like the 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 word was yesterday. They're looking to extend him to twenty twenty six, and I hate that. Why? Why would you extend him for that long? Broncos. That's what they do. Yeah, like he's kind of in the next year. Uh, he's on around one seventy this year, and then the word that come it came from Pete Bedell is six hundred thousand a year upgrade. Can we fucking make one guy earn a contract, Simone? Like one of them. No, like you never like a not. good year, and then we pay you. <laughs> like not like a good three games. So I really like Selwood. As you said, he's not doing this. His manager's doing this. It's agent's job to do this stuff. But it's like, I'm not going to be impressed if they just hand him a three-year extension for 600K a year. And then what's their plan for him again? We're going to have that situation when we re-signed every forward in the world, right, on big deals. And you go, okay, where are they going to play? You know, it's like, so we're going we're gonna to pay Selwood 600K a year to be on the wing? Maybe. Yeah, because like, and already you do the math, right? We have if we, so he's on. If Herbie's on seven fifty, sorry, if Tony's on seven fifty, right? Then we give Selwyn six hundred, and then what? If we keep Herbie's probably on similar as well. Like that's fucked. <laughs> like we have no, like that's not too much to pay your backs. Especially when like, I mean, we'll all be here and be Broncos fans and like probably slightly overrate our backs. Like none of them are like the elite level of back. Yeah, Katoni's our best outside back. And I think he'd probably play Origin if he ever stayed fit. You know, but uh, yeah, like we can't be given Selwyn that. If, like if the Dolphins are going to pay him over Sip, like we let Reese Walsh walk for less because someone was going to overpay him. Like if they want to go pay Selwyn Cobo 700K a year, let them. Yeah. Like, and if he turns, like if he, if he goes there in 700K a year and turns into being really good, it still isn't like a great value deal. It's like he's got paid what he's supposed to be paid. Um, Radio uh, from Liam Patrick. What are the odds we end up paying too much for Reese Walsh? Uh, no, I, I just think I think the Dolphins are kind of locked on there. I think that whole thing. We well, after the last year too. Reese Walsh is a obviously great talent. He's a bit of a basket case. Like he signed for a New Zealand team with everyone not wanting to go to New Zealand. Wants to be in Brisbane. Couldn't wait a few weeks to play. He's gone. And before he's... He's never been to New Zealand. And before he's even played... Like, his contract for the Warriors is supposed to start this year. So before he's, like, real contract has even started, he played a real game at it. He's already looking to go back to Brisbane somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think he'll end up with the Dolphins. I just think that he falls in that basket of, like, they, they probably do need to overpay someone. And they missed out on guys. I probably missed out on Pong. I missed out on a lot of other guys. I do think they'll end up paying him like $1.2 million or some shit and he'll go to the Dolphins. And if he stays at the Warriors, it'll be similar money as well. And I honestly, like, can we just not do that? Can we just not pay him $1.2 million? Not if we're going to pay Selwyn 600 as well. Uh, Corey Thomas, how long will Billy Walters play 6-4 before they realize he should play the rest of his career in Q-Cup? Oh, mate. I mean, that's that goes to all our sixes. <laughs> like you could replace that name with any of them. I don't, I have no idea, mate. Like I think whoever plays six round one, if it doesn't get hurt, he'll be there round two. But we saw last year, mate, like 
even with just how, like he, the year started last year, he had Milford, Croft, and Dearden pretty much, and he could not decide out of Dearden and Croft. Like, yeah. and he got the other guys turned up later. But this year, he's got three dudes for one jersey. He's never going to know who's the best one. Maybe even five dudes. Uh, Daniel Gauchy, was the bare minimum result for the Kevolution to achieve this season? And who's the man to replace him if he doesn't? I'm very afraid of Paul Green. I live in fear of that. <laughs> like, we've been in fear of that for the last, like, two head coaches. And if we signed Paul Green, it's like we just gave all three of them a gig. All the three that competed for the job after Wayne all got a turn. <laughs> yeah. But I'm afraid of him because um, I have faith in Ben Ike and as a, as a decent operator. And, you know, to be, to be a good operator in rugby league, you don't have to be good. You have to be about, yeah, not, not an idiot, essentially. And I don't think Ike's an idiot. Uh, but I know he's good friends with Paul Green, so I'm afraid of that. Uh, I think Kev only keeps his job if they make the eight and do really well. And I hope that Paul Green isn't the next head coach. I don't even, I don't actually know who would be though. Uh, I know Matt Ballon up there now. They like Matt Ballon a lot. He's on the assistant coach there. Maybe he puts a, a claim ahead for over this season. He's been working away at Manly for a couple of years now in, uh, in New South Cup and, and on the head coach and on the main coaching staff. Uh, I also know there's some raps on, and it's definitely too soon, but who knows? But there's some raps on Ben Teo as a, as a head coach in the future. And he was with us last year. And he's, I think he's gone to the Dolphins already to be on their coaching staff. But I, I, you know, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think it was uh, kind of moving on because he was a bit of a challenge to the coaching staff, Teo. So maybe him. I think it's too soon for, for Teo anyway, but I actually don't know who would be the head coach for us next year right now. It's always one of those things that as the year rolls on, candidates emerge, but uh, I just, I hope it's not Paul Green. Justin Langer needs a job. Mate, oh, he put some pride in the jersey. (laughs) (laughs) If you want two guys with pride in the jersey, you call Kevin Walters and Justin Langer. (laughs) Uh, Last on Facebook from Nick Shepard, would you rather have Cobbo or Walsh? For fullback, Walsh. I mean, yeah, like, I think that's easy. Cobo has some nice touches. And Cobo also, also has, like, that body size that, that, that's attractive. And Walsh is tiny. But, I mean, we've seen more from Walsh already. And Walsh might have a future moving in, into the halves as well. I mean, that was kind of the, the chat they gave him when they were talking about re-signing him last year. Kelly was telling him, you can pick your spot next year. You can be fullback or six. And, you know... Give me that over over Selwyn, who whilst is you know Selwyn's full of bags of potential. There's potential everywhere, you know, and there's the same age and races that's shown he can do more already. Um, right over on the Twitter now from Danny Boy, nineteen ninety five. Given Reynolds' comments post match last night, do you think Albert Kelly gets the six in round one? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, I think nepotism is real. It's Billy's been actually all right in the trials. So that hasn't helped, but it's like you're asking a head coach to not pick his son when there's no one really clearly better than him. I think I'd have more faith for like any other coach to not pick his son. But like Kevy just seems like that's as far as he is capable of thinking. I mean, it's one of those things, mate. It's like pretty much every father son in the league ever, they have played for each, like the son has played for the father. It's a weird thing. Like, Martin Lang, John Lang, you know, Nathan Cleary, Ivan Cleary happened. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, Shane Flanagan, like they always play. 
their sons like it just ends up at the same club. As you said, I'd probably have more faith in a different coach making that call. But again, I don't really blame him because the other guys aren't very good. Like if he picked him, if we had a much better six and he picked him, I'd be I'd be steaming. But I've come to t- like I was not very happy about the idea of signing in the middle of last year. I still don't see the point of signing him other than being the coach's son. But if he plays round one, I'm not gonna be that upset by it because again, I don't really think Gamble or, or Kelly are that obviously better than him. Yeah. Right. Like I actually would have like I do think I probably would have stuck with Tyson Gamble because I would have like he hasn't got a creative bone in his body, but I would have just been like, you know what, Reynolds is gonna run the team. Reynolds is gonna do everything. Tyson, you just like be angry and tackle people. <laughs> you know? Be like lanky Josh Reynolds. You know, and you let Ty Reynolds you let Adam Reynolds do everything. And then you have like Tessie at the back. You hope, you know, Turpin and Pace do something. But like, I did see in the first while they're offloading a lot more again. It's like, yeah, just Back that the four pack will steamroll, we'll complete our sets well, and then just early ball Katoni and Herbie, and we'll see what happens. You know, that's that's what I'll maybe that's I'll probably go with Tyson. I think Tyson might be third choice in that regard, and he's definitely the one who, like, he has by far the least attacking potential out of, out of those three. Um, from All Sport Matters, what happened to Jordan Pereira last year? The fact that guy goes from out of the NRL to starting Broncos winger kind of sums up the state of the club. Oh, mate, I I, can't, I haven't been a fan of that signing yet. And I still, like, this is one of the ones that people have been talking about for weeks. Is like, I don't care if he starts round one again because he's not going to start on the wing for 24 games. I'll put any money, anyone wants to take me on that bet, I'll put any money on it that I have. You know, he's not doing that. They, they, because he's not markedly better than guys like Corey Oates or Jermaine Asako or Selwyn Cobbo. He's also not markedly better to resist the temptation of putting Branko Lee in the centers and Herbie on the wing, because I know that's an option. He's also not that much better than David Mead, you know? So there's just no way he's our winger for the rest of the year. There isn't. And I do know he's trained really well and he's in fantastic shape. We've all seen that he's, you know, but yeah, come on. He's not going to be a winger all year. Don't pick him in super coach people. That's what a lot of people care. Don't pick him in your super coach team. Don't be stupid. Oh shit! Drop my headphones. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, he like he might beat Corey Oates round one into that jersey. He might because Kevy all last year tried to find someone better than Oates, but he just doesn't like accepting that boring Corey is like his best winger. <laughs> so who knows? But uh, you know, for me, the best side for mine is Tessie at fullback, Corey one wing, Selwyn the other wing, Stags Herbie in the centers. Yeah. But I know that like. Even if we're going really good, I still reckon there'd be some temptation to shuffle that, that Corey Oates wing, even if we have a good season. Um, from Corey Goats, update on the Dynasty League. Who won this season? No, oh, mate. Well, Simo's not even in it anymore, Corey. Yeah, but I don't even play anymore. I he's asking because he won himself, mate. That's why he's asking. So I, that's what I was figuring had happened, yeah. Good old Danny went undefeated and didn't win, so that's good news. Oh, he's the Packers of the Dynasty League world. He is perfectly fit. Um, Gus Wood 12, not entirely Broncos related, but if Souths continue their trial form, this does it prove the Wayne Bennett curse is real? And what does that mean to the Dolphins? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Corey Ghost replied to him here basically, what we've always said is like he's the best coach. So when a great coach leaves, that's when a team gets worse, you know, like, yeah, it's that simple. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and I do think, like, I actually have faith in Jason Dimitri to be a good first grade coach, but Souths. Again, they lost Adam Reynolds and replaced him with nobody. 
Yeah, it's not just the coach that's gone. Like, yeah, it's like the halfback's the most important position on the field. Yeah, and they had thought they replaced him with Anthony Milford, and they haven't. So, like, that's giant for them. No matter what, no matter how you paint it, they could figure it out over time. But that's huge. I lost Adam Reynolds, replacing him with nobody, and then they did. Then they also lost like Dan Gagai, and they're moving like Jackson Paulo in. Like, they didn't get better this offseason. I still think they'll finish in the top six, but I don't think they're a contender anymore. You know, but the, the trial form doesn't mean much, mate. They're missing Cam Murray and and Latrell Mitchell. Like they don't they don't think they win many games without those two guys. Uh, Corey goes. He said, "At what point do I need to replace my Twitter handle and any suggestions?" Well, weren't you like Xavier Goats for like a week? <laughs> yeah, but then he signed with the store. I was to say it was like a week. <laughs> you poor bastard. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. Because it's. I mean. Corey's not been good for a long time. So at this point, just ride it out. That's it, mate. Like, I've, I'm going to change my display picture before the season starts. I've still got Milford and I've still got Tavita Pangai Jr. Jr. as my, my Twitter hand, my Twitter name. But, like, I have no one else screaming out for it. Like, the Goats thing kind of rolls off as well with that. When you, You've been tied to that name for, on Twitter for a long time. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my Twitter's still the same as it's been forever because I just don't use Twitter anymore. So mm. I don't even know what it is. Uh, Gus Wood, 12 again. Regardless of form so far, the Broncos cannot sack Kevin Walters. If he gets sacked after two seasons and the coach before him got sacked after two seasons, how long would this cycle last? You can't keep sacking coaches after two seasons. Do you guys agree with this? Yes, you can. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I, I would not really care. It's, I mean, you're performing I, and you're doing well and you can keep the job. If you're not, you don't. That's it. And I, I understand what saying that it's not good to keep rotating them. But you know what's even worse is keeping a Losing. shit coach. Like Losing it's game. worse. Like, could you imagine if we just gave Seabold another year because we just had to? Yeah. Thank God. Like that. Just like in on Boom Rookies, I can't remember the stat now. A Bunga pulled it out a couple of years ago, and it was a football stat. So not exactly the same, but it was essentially a stat that pretty much showed if you weren't winning in like your first fifteen games as a football coach at a club, you were never going to win. And obviously, it's not the same on all levels. Not it's not going to apply to every coach, but generally. The large majority of data was like, if you weren't winning within the first 15 games, your team was never going to win under you. So, you know, okay, first year, house money. I get that. Almost any new coach, first year, house money. Second year, it's your second preseason. You've had forever. You've had time to shape the squad. It's your thing. If you still suck, see you later. Yeah. Another thing with the guys we had too, mate, like, there's more to obviously there's more to it than wins and losses, but if you can tell me you've been impressed by Kevy outside of the results, you know, like if you if we lose this year, you can't tell me there'll be something Kevy's impressing you. Yeah. Um a few of these are pretty yeah. similar to what we've answered a bit. There's but I, I, I do think they're like I know to every two years sucks, right? But like what if they hire another dud, you probably should have stick with him next year. Like the Tigers are sticking with Madge for whatever reason, but Madge has lost his damn mind. Yeah. Like he's not even letting the players talk to media this preseason. Isn't it like, it's pretty simple for me. If you win games, you can keep your job. That's it. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. You want a guy who, Nathan Brown, how many options has he got? Never won shit anywhere. <laughs> like, and he's still going around. Um, yeah, so I'll skip a bunch of these. They're just there's a lot of asking about Kevy and fullback spots, yeah. and yeah, uh, from Ben Squag, he says, "Has Simo looked at Magic Round accommodation?" I send him yes. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> I still, yeah, 
You I'll disgrace, get there. Simo. Um, that's about the five eight. How long till Kevin gets sacked from Bay Fifty Three Pod? Will you be coming in May Nineteenth game at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle Broncos for Andrew John's big birthday bash? Uh, no, because it's on a Thursday. Yeah. As a um, as a Sydney-based Broncos fan, uh, that's on a Thursday night after Magic Round. I'm not driving to Newcastle on a Thursday, and I really hate that it's on a Thursday. I like going to the New Year games, but this year is a, like has been many Broncos games in Sydney for the last couple of years anyway. But this year, Broncos had like five games in Sydney. It's the they play the Bulldogs round two. Uh, at, at the I think it's a core stadium now. That's ANZ or Telstra. That's what it's called now. They play Penrith at Blue Bet round six. Uh, South round nine at, at ANZ slash a core slash Telstra. That Newcastle game doesn't count because it's not in Sydney. And then they play Combank Stadium at Eels round 19, SCG round 21. And then Netstrider uh, Dragons at the end of the season. But yeah, it's, uh, they don't play much down here, mate. And I'm not getting to Newcastle on a Thursday. No, no Broncos fan is. A um, couple of questions on Ezra Man, but you talked about him before. Last one here, I'll read out from uh, underscore Mert one. Uh, I can accept Kevy trying to be the vibes coach. I can accept our attack sucking because we need direction and decision making. But Jesus, I can't accept conceding 50 plus points over two trial games. Why can the Broncos not defend? What do you mean you can't accept coach? that trial game? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really care. It's a trial game. What the hell? <laughs> what do you mean you can't accept conceding 50 points in two trials games? Who cares? Like, do you know the Eel, sorry, the, the Panthers lost 36 nil yesterday? Do you think yeah. they give one shit? They'll no, be fine. The Roosters lost both of their trials. They also conceded, uh, what, 48 points doing it. Yep. Storm lost their trial yesterday. They play again the last week. They play again today. None of those teams care. And neither do I. They don't matter. Yep. And the defense is going to be like our defense have been bad for a few years, right? But it's going to be worse than trials because you play like 27 players. You know, they like take turns in new combinations all the time. Like it's just what, what it is. And yesterday, the Cowboys were always going to win that trial yesterday because the Cowboys played it like an NRL game. They didn't play. Most teams play like 20 plus players in the trial. The Cowboys, they did play 20, but like they pretty much played their regular rotation of 17. You know, like they barely played Brendan Elliott and Ben Condon. Yeah. Well, that was the last one. I've probably got to get out of here. Oh, lastly, recommendation. Recommendation. Oh, recommend recommendation. Oh, I've got a few things now because it's been a while. <laughs> Go on, mate. Go on, well, mate. Elden Ring is the greatest game ever. Everyone should be playing that. That's just all my life is right now. Well, I've got a PS5 now, and I've only I haven't got a single PS5 game. Like I've got you know old old games on on, on the new generation. Uh, Elden Ring and uh, Horizon Zero. What's it called now? Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. I love Zero Dawn, but Vidim West is like it's the same game, but just a different map, you know? And I get over those type of games if you keep just doing the same thing. Like, I can't play. I'm done with Uncharted, for example. Just the same game, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, God of War is the same type of game, but it's not the same game every time it comes out. It's still different. Sell me an Elden Ring before you get out of here. <laughs>
Well, I don't know. Did you ever play Dark Souls or Bloodborne? I did, mate. I played Bloodborne on your suggestion and I loved it. And uh, after I got past like how shit I was at it for the first 20 hours, <laughs> it was really good. So it's like Bloodborne, but it's got a jump button. You can now jump. <laughs> the rest of it's the same? Oh, it's it's extremely similar feel. Like I started it up. I've like I've played through Dark Souls hundreds of times. I've played Dark Souls yeah. two and three, heaps, Bloodborne, similar hours of Dark Souls. Like and then i I picked up this first enemy I came across. I had the parry timing, like immediately parried his first attack. Um it like it, I can dodge all the bosses basically straight away. Like it feels very similar. It's great. I literally okay. have just been waiting so long for this game. Yeah, and I mean that's another type of game you can play. Like bubble, I know I said I don't like playing the same game over and over again, but it's more the sense like I don't like God, things like Uncharted like drive forever and then climb and shoot yeah. some things. That's boring. You keep doing it. Same with like Horizon Zero Dawn. I really liked it, but I've seen trailers of the new one, people's reviews, and I'm like, oh, it's just you tell me it's the same thing. I run around a lot. I like harvest some things and I shoot some robots and then have lots of dialogue. Is that is that it's exactly the same thing? Because like it's not that exciting. You know, so maybe we get Elden Ring. Elden Ring's a lot more open world than like Bloodborne was. Yeah, well, I've got got... a big map and you got a horse you can ride around on. The the actual mounted combat's pretty good too. Well, I've got like twenty podcasts to do in two weeks. That's why I didn't buy um, anything the last week because I don't want to get through. That's what my spare time spent on it on distractions. Maybe Elden Ring I buy first and I wait for Horizon Zero. uh, Sorry, Horizon Forbidden West to hit the fifty buck bin. Do it. Okay, so anyway, let's get out All of here right. then, Simo. Uh, catch I, forgot how we, I forgot how we signed off. I think we just say bye. That's how we did. That's what we used yeah, to do. We, this, <laughs> this podcast, we don't care about anything. We're just all, all substance, no fluff. <laughs> okay, anyway, catch you later, Simo. Right, see you later, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.